Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Karen with us. Welcome to Human Stories. How are you? Thank you, Tony. I'm well, thank you. Good. Now, I, I know that you're a qualified life coach and more recently you're a certified grief and bereavement therapist. Yes. That's awesome. Now tell me about, it, it sounds very hard work, tell me what a certified grief and bereavement therapist does. Well, it actually takes, helps and supports the grieving person through the stages of grief. Okay. Um, I don't know whether you're aware of it yourself, but there are five main stages of grief that we do all go through. Um, but can I just stress, the stages of grief aren't necessarily around losing somebody. It's not all about somebody passing. Um Grief and bereavement is all around in everyday life. Yes, it can be through death. It might, it may be the loss of a pet. It may be through a child leaving home. It could be through the loss of a job. Um, so it's everywhere, broken relationships in particular. And as a society, we are expected to get on and go through our everyday lives when it's something like a broken relationship. And we do go through a really deep grieving process, but we're still expected to get up and function daily and go to work, put a smile on our face and pretend everything's okay. Uh And unless we deal with the feelings we have surrounding grief, they can take a massive impact on our emotional, psychological and even physical well-being so they must be addressed feelings are there for a reason they're there to be felt they're not there to be put in a box and buried and try to blank out at the back of our minds Uh need to be faced otherwise they do fester and then they will surface in other areas whether they make you angry or have trust issues. And this is all underlying if those feelings haven't been addressed. Um, so it, I can't stress enough how important it is. Um, so the five stages of grief, and I must stress to you that even though these are the five main stages, they aren't in any particular order, and um, the order that we do undergo them is different from it for everybody else. And just because we go through one and then we might go on to another one and pass that one and go on to another one, we can regress as well and go back to stage one or back to stage two. We're all different. And the usual the first one that we usually deal usually deal with is denial. It's the initial shock. We can't quite grasp what's happened and when we feel numb um kind of deny what's happened and this is our body's defense mechanism and it's designed to protect us from the pain if that makes sense yeah okay 
And then from there, there may be anger. Um, you might find yourself analyzing what's happened, um, thinking about the time, this time span leading up to before you lost that person. Um, you might be thinking about the plans that you had together for the future were just taken away from you and that your loved person has been taken away before the time. Um, you might even be angry at doctors. Have they done everything that they could possibly do to help? Um, you could be angry at yourself. Could you have done more? And some people may be even angry at the one that has passed, the one that has died, for leaving you. And around that, you may experience um, feelings of guilt as well, because obviously you're feeling badly towards the deceased. Yeah, I was going to um, say, does, it, does uh, guilt come into it at all? Yeah, of course. Um, another stage is bargaining, which may sound strange, but it is normal to start asking a lot of what ifs. Um, if only we could go back and change things. Uh, we make mental bargains with ourselves. Um, even though you know in your own mind it's impossible to bring that person back, you may find yourself thinking, if they were here, if only they were here, I'd do this. If only they were here, I'd do that differently. So that all comes into bargaining. And then you've got an awful stage of depression, which I'm sure many of your listeners will have experienced before in some, in some kind of way. And this is experienced as a really, really deep sadness. And it comes in waves and you may be suffering really badly over the weeks and then you might get up one morning it may not feel as bad you feel as if you're on the mend and you may be able to function a little bit better but as the days go on you might hear something or see something or a special occasion might occur the birthday an anniversary and it all comes collapsing around you again and you can go into that regression stage of going back to where you were. You thought you were coming out of the depression stage when actually it is still there. Mm. Um, Do you find that uh, people suffer for at least a year because of all the anniversaries coming up? With clients, whenever they speak to me, a lot of what they refer to is the firsts. And what they mean by that is... As the year goes on, whether it be the first anniversary without them, the first birthday without them, even the first time going to the shops without them, every, everything you do from beyond that moment is a first, some bigger than others. Um, and it's how we cope with that. It's how we cope. And like I keep stressing, it isn't all about losing somebody in death. It's losing just lost completely and the overwhelming feelings that we do get around broken relationships. And the last stage is acceptance when we do gradually learn to accept what's happened and we do slowly move on and we begin to live again. But again, I must stress, this doesn't mean that you are necessarily over what's happened. It's just, you are learning how to cope 
Um, I mean, a lot of people do say that time is a great healer. Yeah. But in actual fact, it's more about what we do with that time that makes a difference in how we heal. If you are a person that is just going to sit at home and feel sad and do nothing about it, it's going to take so much longer to get over what you are going through, what you're suffering. And as difficult as it is, you have to face those feelings, feel feelings as as awful as it is. And slowly and gradually, you will begin to get better. Um, It's all about baby steps and looking after yourself at the time. And during this last year, I've found that people have contacted me mostly to do with dealing with loss. Um, Some people have lost family, loved ones through COVID itself. And that has been really, really difficult because obviously the impact that the lockdown has had, the impact and the restrictions that COVID-19 has kicked in, Um, even not being able to visit in hospitals like we usually would, um, limited numbers at funerals. Um, It's like a huge emotional stress, especially when we're not able to maybe have been with that loved one right at the end. It is very, very, very scary. Um, even access to support, not necessarily support groups, but if you are unable to go out and see family and friends and get the support that you would usually have, it's limit. it has been limited because of COVID. And even now, even now, the restrictions have lifted. A lot of people out there, because of, the numbers of people that are now suffering with anxiety issues because again of COVID, Uh it's making them not want to come out and mix socially as they would have before. So it's all been a very slow process. And when this was going on, I realized that yeah, maybe qualified in other areas, but if there was a way that I could reach out to those particular people and make some kind of impact in their lives and be there to support them, that's what I wanted to do. So that is why I qualified myself around the grief and bereavement therapy. Do, um, do you think that um, you know the the COVID situation, the pandemic, um, has caused more people to to seek your your advice? Yes, I do. I do, and I think because of the whole, like I mentioned before, the aspect now where restrictions have lifted. And people are wanting to go out and they want to be more sociable. And they're probably thinking that they are. But when it actually comes to it, that's when they've had difficulties. And I've had so many messages um, and people reaching out of people feeling embarrassed 
um, and at a loss as to how they're going to cope. Even just going to meet somebody in a coffee shop has been a big thing for some people, whereas they wouldn't have thought anything of it, of it before. And I want to get the message across that is, that is just a normal process. It's all about taking baby steps and not rushing yourself, doing things in your own time, but also stressing that the longer you stay indoors, the more difficult it's going to be. So even a small step is better than none at all. And what's what uh, does your therapy involve? You you you, you say that uh, you're a bereavement therapist. Um, what does the therapy involve? Is it just talking to people through their it different? It is. Pro- I mean. The important things with the bereavement therapy is helping helping others realise that there are coping strategies out there and it's all about managing the grief. And the most important thing is to support them and to listen, um, encouraging that person to be patient with themselves and be gentle. There's no don't expect any high expectations of themselves. Um, Stress to them the practice of good self-care. And even things like eating. I mean, you know yourself, if you are going through such pain, the last thing on your mind is having something to eat. But even if it's something small but often that in itself is going to keep your energy levels up oh. um it's all about looking after yourself it is yeah even um getting enough rest enough sleep a lot of people may possibly suffer with nightmares or they might start having a race in mind during the night or when they're waking up in the middle of the night um so it's all about trying to get some routine back into that oh. whether it be a hot drink and a bath and unwinding before bed just to have that settled phase. Um, Talking is important. Sharing, getting the client to, yes, talk to to me as a coach, but also reaching out to other support groups, um, people that have the experience that they've also lost loved ones it helps sharing your story and it helps the client to talk about it's it's a lifting a load um and it alleviates the loneliness that they might be experiencing um it's about trying to get them to get out and get some gentle exercise even regular walks getting some fresh air one thing that really tends to help clients is a grief journal. I don't know whether you've ever heard of a grief journal. No, tell me about it. It's basically writing down how you feel because it helps you understand your emotions. And it also helps writing down your memories that you have of that person because some people do begin to feel a little bit anxious and worried that what if I forget what if I forget what they look like? What if I forget about the time we went to? It can be anything. So reflecting and giving yourself that time to sit down 
and write in that journal. And when I say write, I don't mean on a keyboard. I mean pen and paper, pen and book, because writing gives you the time to think about and process what you're actually feeling and what you're going through as you put it down on paper. Mm. And you don't have to worry about whether it's going to be neat or who's going to read it. This is for you and you alone. Um, And also maybe even writing a letter to the person that you've lost, whether it's be, whether it's to somebody that's died or whether it is from a broken relationship that you're walking away from, um, because this in itself helps you organize your thoughts and you can find yourself telling them things that you obviously aren't able to do now they're not in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it get, it gives you the chance, it create, it, it's giving you the chance, you are creating the opportunity to say your goodbyes because a lot of the time we lose people and we don't have the opportunity to say that goodbye. Sure. So do you, do you, do you find that, um, you know, dealing with uh, people who are basically incredibly sad, does that rub off on you and do you then have feelings of sadness? I empathise and, of course, I feel incredibly sad for them. But at the same time, my job isn't to be sad. All focus is on them. And I wouldn't be doing my job properly at all if I was to... If you were in tears all the time on the air. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't be much exactly. help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's all about supporting them in the best way that I can. And each each person, each individual, their circumstances are never the same as somebody else's. So what works for one doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. Oh. I mean, somebody else might think going to support groups and talking to others helps massively. Yeah. Whereas people think, I can't do that. They may want and want to come and talk to me and some clients choose to do that face-to-face. Others just haven't got it in them to do that. Sure. And they'll do it over a video call or not even that. Some people prefer telephone conversations and it's each to their own. It's all about taking small steps. But what I keep saying, any step, even a small step, is better than none at all. Sure. Um, what stage do you advise people to come to you? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, if somebody's lost somebody, uh, it's going to feel sad and the loss and all, all the other emotions you've talked about. But, you know, it, some people can cope and everybody copes in a different way. I know that, um, uh, I know that for a fact um, in my own family, for example, when we lost, I'm the eldest of five children, and when we lost my last surviving parents, my father, uh, then um, all my brothers and sisters reacted in totally different ways because, of course, they're totally different people. So what sort of guidance could you give to – when should people come and see you? You know, when they're (laughs) – now, how sad should they be before they come and see you? I don't think it's a question of how sad they're feeling before – they reach out to somebody. Like I mentioned earlier, everybody is different and how we cope with things 
we all cope differently. If you find that initially we all have to expect that it's going to make an impact on our lives and it's usually quite a big impact and we all have to allow for a certain amount of grief but as the weeks go on as time goes on if you feel that you are still struggling so much and some people might feel that they can't reach out to friends because a lot of people even friends as such find it difficult to reach out to those that have lost somebody because they don't know how how to handle the situation they're worried that they're going to make them feel worse they're worried that they're going to it's going to be awkward for them and that is the worst thing that you can do is back off from a friend that needs you mm-hmm. um so if you find yourself in that situation, I mean, clients have said to me, I can be walking along the street and a friend can be in the distance or an acquaintance can be in the distance that they know that they haven't seen since they lost somebody. And then they can pretend not to have seen them and walk the other way. Or if they do get to come face to face with them, that person will have a conversation with them, but they won't even mention the loss. Mm. Because they don't know how to do it. They don't know what's for the best. And what my clients tell me is that the situation shouldn't be ignored. So if you are one of these people that are going through these stages and you do find that you're struggling beyond some weeks, there's always people out there like myself to reach out whether you want to do it sooner, whether you want to do it later, because some people might be able to cope within maybe a six to eight weeks constraint where others, it can take maybe four years in some instances. It can be a a prolonged amount of time. But like I um, said earlier, it's all about what you do with the time. Mm. It does make the difference. And of course, if it's a, a long period, like four years, as you mentioned, then that's that's going to affect badly that person's life, isn't it? You know, um, yes, it has a massive impact. Yeah, which is a shame. It's a bit of waste of waste of uh, their lives as well. You know, exactly, exactly. Karen, um, it's been fascinating. Um, thank you so much for talking to me about about it all. Um, how do people get in touch with you if they feel they need you? They can get in touch with me on my website at www.amonthfromnow.com or by telephone on 074-22-590-125. And I do stress that with my clients, I try and take them through a process which will have a big impact within that month from now. So whatever you are feeling now, my promise to the people I coach is within a month, you will not be in the place that you are in now. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, I wish you all the best in in, um, therapy uh, for for other people. And um, I think you're doing an amazing job because basically everybody needs you. (laughs) You Because everybody uh, is going to feel bereaved or sad or 
uh, grief of about something at some stage in their lives, aren't they? So um, everybody, everybody wants you, Karen. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me on today. You're very welcome. Take care. You too. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.